Hello and welcome to another episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. The title of this episode is On the Channel 2.0 Dilemma, Built-In versus Bolted-On. And here to help us navigate that topic are our two favorite retail technology experts. Back with us again are first Jeff Patterson, a 20-year veteran of Red Iron Technologies, where he serves as the CTO. Jeff, great to see you again. Thank you, Jim. Good to yeah, be back. And you, you just got back recently between episodes. Uh, the last episode, you're going to be leaving for uh, a vacation in Hawaii, celebrating your 30-year anniversary. How, how was Hawaii? Hawaii was great. Um, getting back was a little bit complicated with COVID. We, um, we, we, it was touch and go as to whether we were going to make it back into Canada, which wouldn't have been the worst thing. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're stuck somewhere, get, getting there was the main issue. Getting back is like, eh, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But no, everything eventually worked out. Just a long, sleepless period where we were dealing with the COVID bureaucracy. But other than that, it was good. Very nice. Well, it's Good to have you back, and again, congratulations on, on 30 years, and I'm Thank glad you. you enjoyed it. So, Also back with us is Barry Egerter, uh, Red Iron's Chief Operating Officer. He's been part of the Red Iron team for nearly six years and has worked in the retail, te retail technology industry for many years beyond that. Barry, hello again. Good to see you. Hey, Jim. Likewise. Good to be back. And so again, Barry, you're in London, Ontario. I'm. You've spent the last several weeks there. I'm across uh, yeah. the lake um, here in Erie. How did you like the rain and the cold that we experienced while Jeff was in the fun and sun? Yeah, I mean, we've had pretty pretty good weather, I'd say. I mean, Jeff's probably jealous. We didn't have as many lava flows here. So, you know, mm -hmm. much more enjoyable, I'd say. Good good time to be around, out and about. So, yep, very good. And you and I haven't had to worry about like a coconut falling on our head, right? We've no, lived no, with no, no imminent here. danger whatsoever. Yeah. Very good. Well, that's why a lot of people I'm noticing are coming from Hawaii and vacationing yes. in the October-November time frame. Very popular. Um, right around Lake Erie. For perfect time to do that. Uh, never going to get sunburned doing that. No, uh, no sun poisoning. Well, to our viewers, if you're not familiar with Red Iron, they're a multi-vendor systems integrator that helps retailers implement, extend, or maintain any major retail software system. Red Iron is forging retail innovation and solving retailer pain points through technology. For more, more information on the company, visit redirontech.com. Okay, again, our topic is on the channel 2.0 dilemma, built-in versus bolted-on. So let's start at the ground floor. And Jeff, can you define for audience what's the difference between just regular, normal on the channel and on the channel 2.0? So I'll uh, I'll admit that, I, so I, we live and breathe omni-channel in, um, in Red Iron, but I'll admit I wasn't familiar with a specific categorization of omni-channel 2, so I actually had to look it up. Because I mean, the, and, and to me, it's all about getting closer and closer to a vision whereby your customers can reach you through any of your distribution mechanisms, and you can, you know, you're you're never turning a customer away. So, I mean, historically, omnichannel, you know, it start it, you know, way back when was sort of, you know, I'm going to know my customer a little better so that their presence online and their presence in store can be married to a degree, and so I have some familiarity with customers as they come in and what they what their buying patterns are. And I think, you know, I wouldn't call it 2.0. I would just call it, you know, how where, how can we best meet our customers wherever they encounter us and make that seamless across all my touch points? And so, I mean, 2.0 is just sort of saying, you know, we want to move the, you know, 
if omnichannel one was superficial, 2.0 is more, um, you know, radical. You know, changing the changing your processes from the ground up. But that there's not a stark difference. Like no one says, okay, now I'm going to 2.0. It's always gradations in terms of how you're implementing your um, customer engagement across all your selling channels. So I mean, I I, I don't. I don't in my mind make a distinction, but I mean, it's fair. Like I understand what the term conveys. It really is sort of, you know, can I, can I reorient my business around the customer and, you know, make sure that every, everything I'm doing is aimed at making sure that no customer interaction point is suboptimal, right? Making sure that everything works across seamlessly without friction and that my customers are able to get whatever I have to sell through whatever means that they can um, uh, contact me, right? Yeah, and it seems like to draw a parallel, we were just talking about you traveling, but you know, imagine if you left London and instead of spending only two weeks in Hawaii, you came back two years later, right? It would seem like, wow, now look at talking. all the things that have changed. But for Barry, who had been there the whole time, would be like, well, it, like, it doesn't seem radically different to me because it's just kind of kind of marching on and you guys have been so close to yeah. it, it probably doesn't seem like there's some some uh, right. switch that, that's been flipped. So Barry, yeah, what would exactly. you add to that in terms of any delineation between on the channel and 2.0? Well, I like the I like the description Jeff said. Is where where did 2.0 really start? Right, like what's the timeline? What's what's the crossover between omnichannel and omnichannel two? So it's a good term. It really just means an evolution, right? I mean, uh, any anytime you put a 2.0 on something, someone's likely to take that rather than a 1.0 first release <laughs> goes anywhere, right? Uh, but you know, omnichannel I would say is more multi-channel. Uh, historically, it's it's when e-com became a thing, and you know there were more than one way to get product instead of just showing up at the store all the time. Uh, and it was you know like we've talked many times before, uh, disparate systems. So you've got you've got a way to get um, access to to products and have uh, deliveries and all that through an e-com system. You got a brick and mortar presence that that kind of knows you through you know the standard loyalty systems and that sort of thing. And Omnichannel was an attempt to tie all that together and get a view of you as a customer and follow you around, right? So Omnichannel 2.0 is really just, to me, it's just where we are today based on all the tech improvements and everything that comes along with it because as all that stuff evolves, your opportunity evolves as to how this stuff works. So tying it all together and the topic today about, you know, bolt-on versus built-in, you know, there's there's so many ways to achieve it, and and the the key is still you know understanding the customer and being able to uh, tailor uh, the experience to that particular customer wherever they go. Great. And so be, before my next question, we've kind of been joking about the weather here. I don't think anybody can hear it, but it just started hailing here. Oh, <laughs> Everything is nice. pounding off the roof and uh, and the windows. So I'm I'm definitely not in Hawaii. This is God's yeah. way of. Sending Mini coconuts uh, are <laughs> right, and falling. Those, those things are falling down on my head. So okay, so we said we we're going to start on the ground floor. Let's move up to, I guess we can say, floor 2.0. And Barry, if you can talk about through the lens of on the channel 2.0, what's the difference between built-in and, and bolted-on? How would you explain that to our audience? I'd say very much like what I was leading into earlier is that uh, you know built-in is just it, it, it comes prepackaged. Uh, it means you've got a, a suite or a platform. Uh, that knows how to to integrate all this um, for you, whereas bolted, you know, bolted on is is standard integration, right? So it's taking 
a CRM, a order management system, an inventory system, purchasing, supply chain. It's it's taking all those different pieces and marrying them together and then trying to, to manage those flows. So, you know, built in, in any software or tech platform, built in is going to give you a lot of prepackaged capabilities that are challenging to put together through a bolted-on process. But on the flip side, bolt-on lets you customize and built-in does it a certain way, right? So there's always pros and cons. Um, you know, if you're if you're out shopping for uh, a new platform, having a built-in option is probably the best way to go because you can start with something that actually understands the entire ecosystem and gets you there a little quicker. But then depending on how that platform is is uh, is open to ex extensibility and customization, you may be stuck with you know, following business patterns that are pre-baked into that versus a bolted-on approach where, you know, you can change it and tailor it to your needs. Great. And Jeff, why don't you take it a step further where we're talking about, you know, bolted-on versus built-in. And so part of Omnichannel is not just giving people the product they want, when they want it, where they want it, but it's also recognizing them as an individual. So can you talk about why is personalization so difficult from a bolted-on standpoint? Yeah, well, I mean, in, in 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 all cases, there are boundaries to your systems, right? And so what we're really talking about is does the customer live inside the boundaries or does the customer sort of live outside the boundaries? So I've got a selling system on a given channel. Is my customer information integrated into that or is it do I do I sort of some other system is the system of truth and I'm just sort of you know, I, I'm interacting with that at arm's length. And then when that's the case, you know, the system probably doesn't have that as the central organizing principle, right? So that that's really the, you know, that that's the challenge of recognizing the customer in that, you know, the systems recognize the customer probably in different ways. And so getting a uniform recognition of the customer, it might be the, you know, I, I, I recognize you in the, you know, my e-commerce presence, but, you know, I don't have all the data about you that I would have in store or vice versa. And so, you know, that can be a choppy conversation. It's like, I want to, you know, I was looking up something two weeks ago. I forget what it was. I just want to see if you guys have it and say here, you know, instead of saying here it is, you know, bring it up on your phone and let me look at it. You could, if you had a fully integrated system say, oh yeah, you know, you're the same person. I can reach, you know, I can see what your search history is, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, the, the, the ability to integrate customer information really depends on it being the organizing principle of the system. And if you're not, if that isn't the sort of, if that isn't the goal of your vendor from a uh, omni-channel perspective, if the vendor is there just to be a transaction engine or what have you, and customer hangs off to the side, that makes it more challenging. So it really, really comes down to as much as anything, not so much the tech, but the sort of structural and and goal, structural organization and goal of the system. Got it, great. And I guess the analogy that's going through my head right now is, so I, again, you guys, in Canada, you guys have a different healthcare system, but here in the United States, every healthcare system seems to be incredibly disparate and semi, you know, bolted on. And so every time you go to a, you know, new, you know, physician or outlet or something like that, it's like, fill out these five pages of paperwork and tell us all about your history. And you think like, man, why can't you just like, right. I've 
shared right. this, you know, 55 times uh, in right. the past few years. Like, how come they don't know this? And you can imagine that's, you know, again, in the United States, what are you going to do? You know, you have uh, one one healthcare system. But in a retail standpoint, people have choices, right? And so people are right. not going to tolerate that, um, right. you know, for as long as, as as we've had to. So, Barry, can you tie this all together for us? And so we're talking about bringing the enterprise together through technology, not just, you know, ginning up, you know, enabling legacy systems to be a little bit higher functioning. So I guess, would you say that built-in is the way to go? Like you've got to do built-in if you want to reach the highest level of proficiency and reach that true on the channel 2.0? I think I'll fall back to my previous statement saying built-in is a, is a, a jump start. Right, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're going to get further along with the built-in versus a bolt-on. Uh, the time frame would certainly be different, and the challenges would be different. Um, you know, people don't tend to have a complete system that does all this from one end to the other, right? So that's that's rare, and that's something that um, you know, even once you find it and you get it in place, you're still going to, as a business, see things that you would like to to change, right? So being able to affect the change is important. Now on the flip side, you know, like I say, doing it all from the ground up as a bolt-on, um, you can do more with that over time, but it's so much legwork, to, especially with you know the, the omni-channel approach, tying it all together and coming up with a flow that makes sure that the customer is still the center of everything for this. That's hard to do. And, and like Jeff said, you know, the source of truth, uh, one of the first questions in, in Omnichannel is always, you know, what's your, what's your source of truth for customer, for inventory, for orders, for, for pricing, for taxes, you know, and then all of that information has to be replicated and, and represented wherever that customer goes to be able to make all this effective. And in Omnichannel, the one piece that's really unique that we, we don't see in others is AI and machine learning, um, being able to really, you know, propose upselling opportunities or clienteling or that sort of thing for, for a customer, knowing about the customer and knowing what their interests are and being able to do that in a digital world, it's a lot easier on an e-com environment because you sign in, you identify yourself, you have all your order history, you've got built-in tracking mechanisms and browsers these days and cookies and that sort of thing. As soon as you go to a brick and mortar location, you walk into a store as a customer, no one knows you until you interact with someone. And then, you know, at, at a brick and mortar, you know, if you go up to a salesperson and start talking to them, if they have tech that enables that, that salesperson to bring you up as a customer and identify your order history, your wish list, the products that you're, you're most likely to buy based on previous history, that's something that really engages you. Otherwise, when you walk into a store, you know the signage, the the uh, the branding, all the things that are there are generic. It tail it's tailored to the average customer that's going to come in, or the items or the products that are really being uh, pushed for that particular point in time. So the stores traditionally have had to you know rearrange things and and make sure that they have a good strategy as to the positioning, location of the products. You know it always used to be in in grocery there was an end of aisle that was like a big thing because everybody has to turn around the aisle to go from one to the next. Uh, tech in this new world in Omnichannel, um, if you have a really solid system, whether it's built in or bolted on, um, that, that sales associate should be able to work with you as a customer and identify you know, what's the biggest items that are in your interest and make sure that they're both stocked and available 
and and something that they can either you know pitch to you on the spot or get you to sign up for an order and get it down the road. So uh, I think the built-in gets you there quicker if you're starting fresh, but there's no reason you can't do a bolted-on approach and and just take it a piece at a time. But the customer has to be centric to everything. Yeah, it sounds like at some point you're going to have to bolt on, right? But if you start with a very small system and you have to bolt on just throwing a number out there, 20 things, it's way different from bolting on two or three things at the very end. Right, yeah. Got it, okay, well good, that was very helpful. So let's talk about some actions that our audience uh, and our listeners can take, but let's talk about first maybe what they shouldn't do. So Jeff, can you talk about maybe some of the most common or most painful mistakes that you've seen retailers make related to this whole bolt-on versus built-in? Right, well, it, it, the, the, the topic is opposite. We we um, we're partnering with a I, w- I would say premier built-in um, uh, solution provider, and 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 there are yeah the 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 balance you're going to have to strike is that if you're going built-in, then you know all your systems are implicated. And so if people have a lot of investment and they've built a really nice sort of supplier order management system. And now they're saying, no, I want to, you know, adopt the, you know, customer centric, everything is sort of focused on that. It means that you're, you know, you're disadvantaging yourself in terms of your investment in those systems historically and the capabilities that they had and how they interact with your suppliers. So, I mean, the, the, the challenge that the um, built-in um, partner that we have is is having is that exactly is that people you know everyone's down with the concept and you imagine that eventually you'll make it all the way around the wheel and everyone will have you know a well let me come back to that but at yeah. some point at some point built-in will be ubiquitous it's just you know what is what is the boundary and people sort of setting those boundaries correctly. So I would say that right now, if I was making decisions from a um, from a retailer's perspective in terms of charting my course, I would wanna be making sure that I wasn't making any decisions that um, precluded me from eventually, you know, putting a, putting a system whereby the customer was front and center. And that's tough to say categorically, right? Like, so it really, de- it's decision by decision. You know, what am I doing? Am I doing something that is going to put me offside in terms of being able to eventually migrate to a system that is um, that is sort of customer centric or 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 what have you? Um, but the so so I would say the mistakes that people might be making now is just not, you know, they're trying to fight today's fights and they're looking at the problems that they have, and I think that sometimes they're not cognizant of the fact that you know eventually we're going to have to get to something where the where the customer is centric. And that's not just, you know, I'm going to buy this package and then my customer is going to be centric. It really is a reorientation of your way of interacting across all your business systems. And so just, you know, have that in mind. Don't don't sort of don't focus strictly on today's issue. You know, try and look, you know, what what's what's this what's this landscape going to look like in five years? Now, having said all that, I do think there is a model, and Barry sort of touched on it, in terms of you know what is the proper level of customer engagement. So if I'm in fashion, absolutely, I want to have a in- rich interaction with my customers. Um, but 
if you're trying to bolt a rich customer interaction onto a purchasing scenario that doesn't fit, it's like back in the day when Radio Shack used to ask me my phone number every time. It's like, I'm just buying batteries, man. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need this, right? Like, so it, it, so, so I think there is still a role for, you know, anonymous in person and sort of just a very transactional, the, the dollar store is never going to engage with you about what your hopes and dreams are for, you know, the, the, the soap aisle or what have you. So, so I think that, so I think, I think first know your business and, um, but in terms of mistakes, make sure you're not, make sure you're not putting yourself offside in terms of being able to eventually, you know, migrate to something that's more customer centric. Yeah, and my guess is the dilemma is when people hear about the concept, you know, of everything that we've talked about, you're like, that's great. Well, good. Yes. Now we're going to replace this system you've been using. And somebody's like, wait a second, I've been trained mm -hmm. on that. I'm used to that. Like, I'm, I find comfort in that. Don't take it away. Like, I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, you know, I was going to lose anything for a period of time. Is that kind of what you're what you're saying, Jeff? Yeah, exactly. Or I have ownership in that. Like, this was, you know, the 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 focus of this system is is my contribution to the organization and so if it goes away it's like well where do i fit right <laughs> so you know, it's funny you say that i'll just tell a quick story i had a i remember a web developer this is going back i can't remember what language he programmed and it wasn't cobol but it was cold fusion that's what i think it was our website was in cold fusion we wanted right. to shift away like anybody now is probably like you had a website in cold fusion like what year was that well, it was many years right. ago so we wanted to switch to him I think it was HTML again. I can't remember what all the details were, but he just wouldn't do it. And then to the point of where I had to say, like, we're going to schedule a time and I'm going to sit next to you and see you do this thing. And so he started and he said, you just so you know, the reason I haven't been doing it is because I think I'm going to put myself out of a job. If I don't, you guys have to come through me for every web change. You guys will be able to change this on your own. It was basically like, yeah, but we'll reapply you somewhere else inside the organization. Right. But you can't right. get in the way. Of, of progress, right? You just can't get way too comfortable with your systems, but some people do, right? Because, you know, we all have our own comfort zones and then we all have our own panic zone uh, that is beyond that. So we got to work with those things. So, I, uh, Barry, did you want to share any uh, mistakes that you've seen at all? I think it's, uh, it's much along the same lines from a strategy perspective, just being very strategic with this, um, because any anytime you're tackling this, you know, thinking ahead, and having a plan and following through on it, you know, you know like I say, the bolt-on approach is a piecemeal thing. You can't do it all at once. It's just too much. Uh, so, you know, being able to think through where you're going to end up and what your experience for the customer is along that journey, and that's that's critical. And, you know, customer patterns change. So being able to predict that is also challenging, but something that needs to be taken into consideration. I mean, think about us right now. We've gone through a pandemic. We've all been forced to go online for a lot of what we do, whether we had done that previously or not. And more than likely, uh, as the rules are, are being lifted, there's gonna be a shift of people desperate to go back into a store environment and, and just be there, even if there's nothing really they're after, they just wanna be there and have that experience, right? So, so you know, the patterns change and the, the, the customers are still the customers. You still, still need to know who they are and what they're after. Um, so being strategic and planning that out is, is the key. And, and like Jeff says, it's easy to kind of get distracted and, and, and go offline with what that plan might be. And sometimes tech gets in the way of that, right? So, yep. so it's always important as technologists for us to look at it from the problem you're trying to solve and not you know the, the technical boundaries that are in the way. There's always another way to get around something. So you know, following that strategy and, and making sure that the, 
the focus is on the right solution is, is really the key because as a customer, you don't care what's behind the scenes. You just want to get what you're out here. Right. Great. Sorry. So we've talked about what on the channel 2.0 is, what built in and bolted on is, and then mistakes to be made. So I want both of you to take this very first. What actions should our, our listeners take, uh, the retail executives who are listening to this? What are the first steps or n- next steps you recommend to them related to, again, on the channel 2.0 with personalization and, and then also other world-class functionality built in? I'd always recommend first steps to be evaluate what you have in hand. You know, look at the systems you have, look at the capabilities, see if there's something you're not leveraging. Uh, because sometimes there is, and it's just not, you know, it wasn't a focal point when it was first put in. So making sure you understand the entire ecosystem. And, and like I said, the source of truth is another important one. Uh, obviously a CRM, uh, anything about customer, you need to know where that lives, what the source of truth is for it, how you're gonna tie that in with anything else and, and evolve that, uh, that journey for the customer. And then you know, do your research. Look at look at what's out there on the market. Is there something else I can add to the mix to to solve a problem? Is it a is it a built-in solution that I could bring in that's that's going to layer over top of what I have and add value, uh, or is it something where I need to you know take that bolted-on approach because maybe I've got most of what I need but there's a gap, right? So understanding you know take take stock of what you have, identify the gaps and identify the desired flow, the desired outcome, so that you can figure out what that strategy is and how you work towards it. And can you dig in a little bit on research? Like some people think research are just gonna Google omnichannel solution, right? Like what can you talk about in terms of the best ways to do research really to, I'm I'm assuming it's gonna be partner up with somebody who's been down this road before. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, a company like ours where we've done integrations for for a living, uh, we have a lot of experiences with with how all that stuff gets tied together and and how to to make the best use of those systems. So partnering up with someone who has some experience is certainly key. Uh, at least you know bouncing ideas off them, talking to them about what you have and and, and what you're looking for, uh, because sometimes there are are opportunities there. Um, you know and and like I say, the the partners and uh, even your competitors, uh, you know, looking at all that to to understand what it is that they're doing that you're trying to accomplish that maybe you're not doing today, and and talking to your vendors and your partners to make sure that you can understand what the best route is to get there. Great, Google Jeff, works. What, no, <laughs> Google right. works. Google's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna right. say it's bad, but it's certainly you know talking to someone uh, in person is is definitely the first way to go. Yeah, Google will not answer your questions in the context that you want, right? They're not going to ask you back uh, some probing questions. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you uh, wrap us up in terms of what uh, what actions do you recommend the retailers listening to to us today take? Uh, I thought I thought Barry's uh, content was really good. Um, the thing I would the thing I would add is um, there's the, there's a big difference with the, there are people with whom we work that clearly have a clear focus on what the future state should be. And there are others who are much less strong in that area. And so when you're less strong, it, you know, you're you're really just looking at what's available now and what, you know, what this system provides me from a, you know, feature function standpoint. And so you get sometimes you get sort of really weird groups in RFPs, you know, people who are diametrically opposed in terms of their offerings and it's like, well, if, if these two are both under consideration, you clearly don't have a good focus for you know where your where your system's going. So I'd say I'd say take a moment, figure out you know 
it, your job is to explain in five minutes what you want your selling model to be. And if you can't do that, maybe maybe spend some time there so that you know it helps us for sure. I mean, the customers who can who can clearly describe what they want their future state to be, it's so much easier to work with them than, you know, they sort of look at the lat latest thing that comes in their email. And it's like, oh, that seems neat. And it's like, well, can we do this? It's like, yeah, you can do anything, right? right. Like, so, you know, you're there to make decisions. It's really, you know, you should be driving the show, not just sort of looking at what's coming down the stream and saying, you know, I want some of that, some of that. It might yep. be fine, but, you know, have a, have a, direction that you can say you can test all the uh, uh, um, possible solutions against great it reminds me of a business aphorism where conviction comes from clarity you know the question is should right. we do this should we go down this path and if you're like eh, i'm not quite sure it's probably because you're not clear enough in terms of what yeah, your customers are it. doing the best way to move forward right yep that's good Wonderful. Well, that does it for this episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the Red Iron YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Just go to YouTube and search for Red Iron Retail to find us. If you're on YouTube, it's like somewhere down here uh, below the three of us. You can go and, and click and subscribe. Before we go, a big thanks again to Jeff and Barry for sharing their wisdom with us today. Thanks also to Red Iron Marketing Director Jeff Williamson for his production work. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening more information and retail technology best practices, visit the Red Iron website at rediron.tech.com. Thanks again for listening and goodbye, everybody.